0: Woo! Hello! It's a great day for a podcast episode. Welcome to The Rich Room, the place to be if you are looking to enrich your life and pursue that paper. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. I'm back at my place in Miami, and this is the first podcast that I've recorded with fucking Wi-Fi. Let's celebrate this Win, y'all. So Lydia's playing with her tail. It's really cute right now. Um, She better not make a fucking sound, though. So, I was in New Orleans for my Bon Voyage party with my people. I got to New Orleans on Friday, and I checked into my fabulous hotel, the Nopsy. I wasn't doing the Airbnb this time. Nope, 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 nope. No, ma'am, not with how my last experience went. It was like four forty-five, yeah, four forty-five p.m. on Friday, and I decided to walk around downtown because it was a place that I have avoided for a long time. Couple of reasons why: I live downtown with my ex, so lots of opportunities for triggers. I also worked downtown for nearly all of my litigation career. I worked for three major law firms in downtown New Orleans, so again, triggers galore. But this visit to New Orleans felt very different. It felt like I had graduated from New Orleans, like I had outgrown it. Like, my life is in a completely different place than I thought it was going to be a year ago. And I feel like that has to do with me sort of shedding New Orleans and moving on to something else. So, I decided to walk around the block near my old apartment building and my old work buildings to, you know, just like think and reflect. Man, I might make a movie in the future about some of those experiences. Um, Yeah, I passed the service entrance of one of the buildings where I had to move my stuff out of my office while while being escorted by head of HR. It was so fucking silly. So I'd gotten a job with another firm, and I was telling my firm that I was leaving, and after I told them I was leaving, I was literally escorted out of the building. And let me tell you what, it wasn't a walk of shame. It was a stride of pride. Yeah, so it was a really nice, cleansing, grateful walk. It was like I wanted to prove to myself that I could walk around downtown alone and be totally fine. And I was. But for like the past year and a half of living in New Orleans, I literally avoided downtown at all costs. So this walk was especially important to me. And I just kept thinking that I am so grateful for how far I've come in only a few months. I'm talking leaps and fucking bounds, y'all. And I'm really leaning into this adult lifestyle. I mean, like, what's the alternative, right? I'm just going to lean all the way the fuck in. I'm drinking everything out of wine glasses, really except wine. I'm drinking carbonated water. I'm drinking Coca-Cola. I'm drinking juice. But I'm drinking it out of a wine glass so that I can be fancy. I really want to buy a tea set and have afternoon tea. I'm also looking at different museums that I can go to. I wonder if there's any secret beaches here. What I'm trying to say is that I'm going to romanticize the fuck out of everything in my life. Something I've never done before. I read a blog recently called Lizzie in Lace and she had a post that was called 30 ways to romanticize your life. I'm gonna give you my top three. Number one, indulge your sentences. <laughs> Number one, indulge your senses, done. I got fresh balsam burning right now, and I'm about to buy a few winter candles as soon as I get done with this episode. Uh, nope, I'm going to do it right now. Hold, please. Okay, I'm back. Indulge your senses dimming the lights. I am fortunate enough that my house has light dimmers. I set the mood lighting every single night, and it's actually quite nice. And burning candles, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm also heavy into having flowers all around the house. It literally brings me so much joy. Okay, number 2. Elevate your meals with fancy dinnerware. Also, done. Like I just said, I'm drinking all liquids out of an Olivia Pope sized wine glass. If you know, you know. I bought some like gunmetal flatware that I absolutely love. I wanna buy a Versace tea set or like a Versace inspired tea set, but I don't even know if those exist. And I still haven't bought like plates or glassware or anything like that because I haven't found anything that really speaks to me. Number three, wear pretty pajamas. Also fucking done. My favorite pair of pajamas right now are a pink silky set of pajamas that say fucking bitch in cursive. On the pocket, on the pajama top, and also on the hip of the pajama pants. I feel fancy and feisty when I'm wearing these pajamas. Fuck it, I'll give you a fourth one. Number four, take yourself on a date. I am going to take myself on a date tonight to a comedy club. I'm going to see a hilarious comedian named Shang Wang. He has a very funny Netflix special out. I highly recommend it. It's at this, like, really small comedy club, so I'm kind of excited. Oh, I need to put an outfit together. Something that says I'm cute and powerful, but not a chuckle fucker. Don't want to give the wrong impression. As I said earlier, I had my New Orleans Bon Voyage last Friday. I had a top-tier group of ladies and my husband, which means my gay husband. We went to this fabulous champagne bar and restaurant and then we went to see DJ James Kennedy. Let me just say bottle service life and private section life is the only life that exists for me now. I can't go backwards. I'm sorry. I had the time of my fucking life and the girls come out and they bring the bottles with the sparklers and I'm like, I fucking love sparklers. I would 100% do it again. James Kennedy looked fit, he looked on top of his game, and I'm pretty sure he was just drinking water in Red Bull. He knows how to work a crowd and brings a lot of energy. Oh, and I tried to book a tarot card reading with his girlfriend, Allie, but I'm not sure if she still does it, and she never got back to me. I still love her, though. Send a ball the Okay, I did one of the most adult things I have done in a very long time. I got a yard guy. So I'm renting a house, but a weird thing about my lease is that I have to take care of the lawn maintenance. And I needed a recommendation, so I asked my real estate agent who leased me this house. She sent Raul by my house today, and let me tell you what, he quoted me a good price and manicured the fuck out of the landscape. He was so nice. We did have a bit of a language barrier, but I'm getting better at communicating despite said language barrier. I feel very proud of myself for securing a lawn maintenance company. I feel like a damn adult. I mean, a year ago, I could not even handle the most basic problem without crumbling to pieces and now the problems keep lining up and I keep knocking them out the park. And one way I'm able to accomplish this is through Amazon Same Day Delivery. Amazon same-day delivery exists in Miami and it feels like fucking magic. It just feels like everything is one click away. That is if you have an Amazon account. Have you ever had your Amazon account deactivated and placed on review? I have. I thought I was being responsible and reviewing fraudulent charges on my credit card, but apparently I reported legit charges. One of which was my Amazon Prime membership fee. Um, but my credit card statement said that it was Amazon Books. So I was very confused. And then there were all like these little $7 weird charges and they said Amazon Books. So I really did think they were fraud. I honestly, I still think some of them were fraud. Or maybe the Chase lady reported the wrong ones. Who fucking cares? So I had to review all the chargebacks and turns out they were fucking legit. So I had to pay all the charges again. But, whatever. And while I was doing this, Amazon deactivated my fucking account. And let me tell you what, I don't like to go to a store. I'm gonna need my delivery. But Amazon realized the error of their ways and reactivated my account, thank fucking God. And I was able to same-day delivery my mushroom coffee that I had just run out of that morning. So I'd say that's a win for me. So, another adult activity that I am leaning into is fashion, honey. Oh my gosh, I feel like I said that like Jessel. Fashion, honey. Friday, honey. I've always been too intimidated by fashion to even try to dip my toe into the fashion pond. But when I was going through my little minty bee last year, somehow I got bit by the fashion bug and was all of a sudden putting together very cute outfits to wear to work. I think what actually gave me a little spark for fashion was my honeymoon which is actually really weird to say okay so this is also gonna sound weird but i went to miami for my honeymoon i know let me explain to be fair i stayed in south beach the whole time which is like 30 minutes from where i live now so it's really two different experiences now i live in like a completely residential neighborhood and nothing like South Beach at all. So at the time I was really going through it and the reason and the way I know that I was going through it was because I was forgetting everything. I was so overwhelmed and I was forgetting the most basic things. So after the After I got married, we're on the way to the airport to go on the honeymoon and I realized that I forgot my wallet at the Airbnb in New Orleans where I'd stayed after the wedding. So I flew to Miami and back without an ID. How did I do that, you might ask yourself? Well, you have to show all this other identifying information and then you have to be searched and so does your stuff in depth. I was crying in the TSA line because the woman was so rude to me and I was a little sensitive back then. So, get to Miami, it's lovely. Open my suitcase and realize I left all of my clothes that I had procured for months hanging up outside of my closet in my house or in my apartment in New Orleans. Devastation ensues. After hysterically crying for about an hour, I take an inventory of all the clothing that I have. Because I'm in Miami, I'm on my honeymoon, and I'm a fucking bad bitch. I have to make the best out of this shit. Well, Lucky for me, I'm a dark bitch inside and my favorite color is black. Well, black mainly, kind of white, gray, taupe, all the neutral colors. It sort of hits me that all these colors really could go together. And I could mix and match essentially all the clothes I had because the colors were neutral and went together. And I still look real fucking cute on my honeymoon. Despite the devastation. So after that trip, I started putting together like really good outfits. So I was dying inside for months, but literally giving life on the outside with my outfits. So fashion is a new passion of mine. So my sister and I went to a fashion exhibit at the New Orleans Museum of Art showcasing American fashion designers. It was very inspiring. There was one designer, and I cannot for the life of me find out the name, but I was reading on one of the little placards that there was one designer who was also a lawyer. I was like, well, looky here. Maybe I should try my hand at fashion. I'm very passionate about making blazers for women with appropriately sized sleeves, as you'll recall. It was really interesting to see that there can be a successful path after a successful attorney career. Afterwards, I watched a mini series about Halston on Netflix. It was fascinating. And how the American designers and the French designers had like this fashion competition in like 1973 called the Battle of Versailles. That's pretty incredible. I feel like sequins and sparkles were very in at that time and like it was the disco era and it kind of feels like we are living in a disco era now. And I gotta say I'm fucking here for it. Apparently, Vanity Fair is prepping a deeply rooted probe into Bravo's relationship with Housewives stars. At first I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be a wild expose Just like that bitch Talia did in The Idol on HBO. I know, no one watched it and no one liked it, but I did. And that's what happens when you get fooled by clickbait headlines and don't read the article. So then I went back and read the article because I wanted to talk about it on this episode. And the article says, Vanity Fair has been interviewing Real Housewives cast members for six months article is expected to delve into the highly demanding work lives of the Real housewife stars and what they trade in terms of their privacy, their image, and even their mental health, and their relationship with alcohol in order to keep their much-coveted, often highly-paid roles. The article continues that the journalist is going really deep into what the women go through and what's expected of them as members of the cast and members of the quote-unquote Bravo, family, said an insider. Hmm. So, reading between the lines, bitch. <laughs> Shannon Vador, God bless her. I feel like this is going to be disappointing. I'm not saying these people didn't go through shit. I'm just thinking it may not land how they think it's going to land. But who knows? It hasn't come out yet, so I will leave any criticisms until I read it. But, the Bravo lawsuit plight led by Bethany Frankel was dropped. And in my opinion, without having any knowledge of the situation, Bethany Frankel and co. probably never had enough facts for a lawsuit to get past the initial pleading stage. My guess is they wanted to file a lawsuit with enough facts to get them to discovery. Because then, if they have discovery, then they could subpoena all the Bravo footage even the Bravo footage that didn't make it to air. And I'm assuming there's some footage and audio there that would not play in Bravo's favor. But shit, maybe we could finally find out what happened to Heather Gay's eye. Fuck it, Bethany, file the suit. So I guess Vanity Fair's article is going to have to suffice. I'm curious to see what role Bethany Frankel plays in the Vanity Fair article. I wonder if she's going to be on the cover of the magazine. I'm not trying to minimize the experience of these people because giving away your privacy and image would be very difficult, but like you're on national TV. Wasn't that sort of a given? And as far as sacrificing your job, I almost feel like we could take out the word housewives and insert the word lawyers and it would, and it would totally work. Let's try it. The article is expected to delve into the highly demanding work lives of lawyers and what they trade in terms of their privacy, their image, and even their mental health and the relationship with alcohol in order to keep their much coveted, often highly paid roles. I mean, if I have any lawyer listeners, please send me a text and let me know how on fucking point I am. Okay. 504-224-9919 changed one word. One word. Speaking of Housewives, the first part of the New York Housewives reunion aired. It was fine. Uber came out swinging. Cy made a really weird issue out of the whole cheese debacle, which I think was a pathetic attempt to get the heat off of her after how she behaved at Brynn's birthday party. And I gotta say, I love Jessel now. I didn't care for her at the beginning of the season, but she has grown on me. Friday, honey. Uber came for Jenna Lyons, and I was shocked, saying she's a victim on camera and a powerhouse off camera. But she clarified later and said that actually Jenna doesn't celebrate her W's on camera and puts herself down all the time. I'm literally just learning how to do this. You have to celebrate your W's. Sai is very annoying about the gift-giving thing. Jenna, you can give me gifts any fucking time you want, okay? And although I adore Jenna Lyons, I do not agree with Jenna that Brynn was the best-dressed of the season. But that's showbiz, baby! Y'all, I think Jenna fucking Lyons might be my first podcast guest that I'm gonna go after. CEO and hoes, bitch. Oh, so we find out that Aaron's dad is single, and I gotta say, I'm kinda into it. I feel like I exist in many generations. Like, I'm a millennial for sure, but I had my kid at the same time that Gen X and some baby boomers were having their kids. So, when people talk now about the new trends and methods for raising children, I don't say it, but I'm... Thinking they didn't have that shit back in my day. So I really relate to many different generations and I think that Aaron's dad and I would get along. I'm also kind of liking the know about Gen Z stuff. Actually, I retract that. I have no idea what Gen Z is doing. So Aaron's dad, give me a call. Wait, what's his name? Eli. Call me Eli. Call me Papa Pope. That is a scandal reference. Erin, I would be a fantastic stepmother despite being a few years younger. We won't make it weird. I'll be in New York in December. Give me that warm introduction. I didn't grow up with Jewish traditions and I would be very into trying a Shabbat dinner from a fabulous New York City apartment. I don't know if I could live in New York City, but I imagine there's like a certain level of luxury where it transcends all the city shit and I'm willing to put in the work to find out. I really feel for Bryn about her journey on wanting to have children, but it is really weird for me, and not to make everything about me, but it's a trip knowing that I've crammed so much into 34 years. I already have a baby, she's in college, already married and almost divorced. I have all this empty space in my head where these two major traditional life paths are supposed to be. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck am I supposed to do? The rom-coms did not prepare me for this. It's weird that I have zero desire, or deseo cero, you like that, to have a baby and or get married. Oh, speaking of babies, I did not hear Bryn's baby voice at the reunion. She sounded totally normal. I feel like she really was putting on for the cameras. Which I don't blame her. It's a fucking TV show. Because I've been looking at her Instagram and she seems cool as fuck. But the shade she gave to Sai about not being able to hear her all the way down there. I think because Sai was sitting so far from Andy. Not that it's a super big deal to sit at the end of the couch. But I think that Psy thought she was going to be like the breakout star, like the fan-fucking favorite. And honestly, I think she's the least favorite. That's probably a tough pill to swallow. I do like that Psy admits that she hasn't dealt with the trauma of her mom because like, duh. But she's fucking annoying and I still don't care for her. I feel like maybe she reminds me of a previous version of myself. You know, I gotta gotta analyze why I don't like people, you know, because it has something to do with me. Bring it on back to me. Um, I have to say, even though I love you, girl, Erin was a major shit stirrer. From, like, saying the side cheese thing on the podcast that she said she misspoke. Man, bitch, you might have just lied. And then saying the first class thing about Jenna. But I'm glad she's taking accountability. And it's the first season, so they kind of all get a pass. Except for Cy. I could do without her. I think it's pretty impressive that Jessel shared so much about her sex life. So there's speculation that Jessel moved to New York for the show from Dallas. And maybe she did. Haven't y'all moved somewhere for a job before? The one thing I like about these ladies is that their rebound rate is strong. Even though we still have another part to go, it seemed like they all were really able to take accountability and say they were sorry and move past whatever bullshit they have going on. So even though Bravo dodged the lawsuit from Bethany Frankel, I think they might have to answer to the lawsuit from Marco Vego. Oh, who is he, you might ask? Apparently, he's the butler at Bluestone Manor from Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. And he is suing Bravo and its affiliates for discrimination and sexual harassment by Brandy Glanville and Phaedra Parks. Here at The Rich Room, we take this shit Real seriously. And you know we got a copy of the original complaint filed in New York State Court. (gasps) Oh my God, y'all. There are photos embedded into the complaint. I'm going to post these on my Instagram story today. Now, Glanville and Parks are not individually named in the suit. They certainly could be brought in should Bravo not settle. Child, they are going through all of Glanville's past housewives history in this complaint. The complaint said she harassed Ken, Ken, Lisa Vanderpump's husband, Joyce Gerard from season four, when Brandy said she was going to murder a Puerto Rican. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Telling Carlton to, that she was going to molest her. You guys, this is all in the fucking complaint. And they even talk about Morocco and Caroline Manzo. Ooh, Bravo's in a pickle with this one. I think this one's gonna stick, but when I saw that season of Girls Trip, I thought the ladies went over the line with the butler. And it's not just them. If you go back and look at nearly all Housewives franchises, there is a pattern of the ladies harassing men. And I think we excuse this kind of behavior as a society because we feel like women can't harass men. But if you reverse the roles and we had a group of men dancing with the house manager, ripping her shirt open and slapping her on the butt, which is what Marco is alleging, I think we would have no hesitation on calling that harassment. If I was Bravo's attorney, I would pay the man. But no one asked me. Kim Zolciak and Croy Bierman are giving me fucking whiplash. So... Kim and Kroy apparently getting divorced, but there was a photo of them going around this week of them in an airport, and it definitely looks like they're traveling together. Well, according to Best of Bravo on Instagram, it's so Kim can have vaginal rejuvenation. They owe a million dollars to the IRS. Kim is forced to live in the basement without eye cream, I might add. She's sharing a car with her daughter, Brielle. She can barely afford to keep the lights on. She calls the cops on Croy on a regular basis. But then, Croy takes her to a vaginal rejuvenation that cost $30,000, which she paid for in full. I mean, she did have all those kids. Get your vaginal rejuvenation, boo-boo. So, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered last night. I have been very vocal about my skepticism about Kyle and Maurizio's split. I think everyone has. But after seeing the premiere and Kyle on Watch What Happens Live, I'm starting to lean towards that this thing might be real. Uh, but the breakout stars from this episode were Eagle Woman and Blue Raven, two spiritual healers at a spiritual retreat with Doreet. They're literally shown walking into this like retreat saying, uh. Oh, I love that rock. Look how it's looking at us. Like grandfather. Grandfather's protection. I know I'm on a healing journey and shit, but if I get like that, sedate me or something. Or you know what? Leave me the fuck alone. Eagle woman and blue raven seem happy as fuck. And Erica Jane is skinny as fuck. She says it's hormones. Everyone else says she's on Ozempic. Okay, what are the hormones you're on? I'll get them. I have no shame. I was on Ozempic. It worked great until the end. It got to the point where I was like really sick with everything with everything that I ate and drank. So I had like no energy and I was like, this isn't worth it. I lost 30 pounds though, so it for sure works. But at the end, I couldn't leave the house without fear of shitting myself or projectile vomiting. And that's just not cute. I alone kept emodium in business during my Ozempic journey. Oh my gosh, and the healer's singing. I just, I can't. They're like, breathe, just breathe. It's just like that fucking Anna Nalik song, 2 a.m., which is like, 2 a.m. and she calls me because I'm still awake. Y'all didn't know you needed that. I need to know more about Sutton's house manager, property manager, assistant, Avi. Y'all, Sutton's track is just like us. Uh, she's trying to get to financial... Freedom? I love that bitch. She needs to come on the podcast. But, like, why the fuck does she care what her ex-husbands think? Why does she think she has something to prove to him? Fuck that, dude. Do it for yourself. Okay, the scene with Erica trying to find empathy is really fucking funny. I feel like she's playing dumb. You can't... She's like, oh, empathy. What's that like? Dorit shares in the healing circle that she is mad at Erica for saying something negative about Dorit and PK's marriage. Which is really weird since the news broke during this episode that Dorit and PK are separating. And then they recounted it and said they weren't separating. I don't fucking know. And Sutton is saying that PK had a woman in the car with him when he got arrested for suspicion of DUI. And that makes a lot of fucking sense about why he didn't tell Dorit about the DUI. And Teddy on Watch What Happens Live is like, I pulled the police report and it said he was alone. Bitch, do you know how wrong police reports are? Very wrong. It's actually rare for them to be right. So that's not saying shit. And it kind of sounds like PK got special treatment anyways if the police drove him home. That shit just doesn't happen. So Erica apologizes, and she kind of fucking has to because Lisa Renna isn't here, so Erica's in need of friends. And the spiritual retreat with Dorit was a fucking success. Okay, yes, so PK and Dorit were apparently splitting, and now they are not. Like, this happened overnight. It was confirmed they were splitting, and then they put out a statement that they weren't splitting. That's dumb. But the previews definitely make it look like PK and Dorit are on the rocks. Honey, Kyle is on a fucking journey. She's never seemed clearer, and I've never heard her take up for herself like this. She's also never looked better. Do I believe this Kyle and Mo thing? Y'all, oh, I think I'm starting to believe it. So last episode, I said that I was watching last seasons of Housewives, of Beverly Hills Housewives, and that Kyle and Mo looked so happy dancing and shit Kyle's doing the splits, living her best goddamn life, but you know what? I didn't take my own advice and not be fooled by appearances. To me, they look great. But in the first episode of this season, Kyle reveals that she stopped drinking after seeing herself at this very same party where I got the impression that she was living her best life. You cannot believe appearances. So I usually don't watch watch what happens live. You have no idea how long that it took me to fucking say. But Kyle Richards was on it and... Obviously she's got a lot going on and I wanted to see if she commented about her relationship with Morgan Wade. And I think I called Morgan Wade Morgan Wallace last time so I profusely apologize. I don't even know who Morgan Wallace is. Morgan Wade. Kyle looked amazing. She was in a very tight like black shiny leather dress. Teddy was in a silver suit with all these like necklaces and bra tops and I didn't like the shoes. It all just felt a little like contrived. Kyle clarified that she and Mo are not splitting for ratings, so I guess it's just your run-of-the-mill midlife crisis, which I'm familiar with. I've never liked Telly camp and I don't know why. Ooh, and I think she pissed Andy Cohen off last night. It's like she tried to have her own gotcha moment with Andy and embarrassed him on live TV. So Andy asked her what she thought about Erica's weight loss journey. And she said... Um, at this point, commenting on women's bodies is getting tired. Um, don't you help people lose weight? I don't know. I thought it was weird. She also said something about a dick pic hat that I didn't understand, but Andy obviously did not like it. I have no idea what happened, but you could definitely feel the energy change. I feel like you can feel the energy changing on a grander scale. Not to get all hippy-dippy, but... Something's happening right now like across the board in society we are seeing women have these major changes in themselves like for the better. I'm including myself in this category and now Kyle Richards and I have a theory on why we are seeing so many women have personal revolutions or should we say a renaissance? Beyonce's Break My Soul dropped last summer and let's just say it was the personal anthem we all needed. The whole premise of the song is to build something for yourself. I think Break My Soul was the spark that started this whole personal revolution. And you can't start a fire without a spark. I am fucking here for it. Obviously. I am not here for Taylor from Southern Charm allegedly sending Whitney full frontal nudes. I have to say, I gave Austin a lot of shit previously... But I am proud of him for going to therapy. I love his parents. He tells them that he kisses Taylor and that Olivia hates them and then his mom goes, oh no, let's open another bottle and she goes to her husband, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, get the French white. They look like they have a fantastic relationship. Y'all, people are improving themselves more than ever before. The self-help game is strong now. I never even considered that Austin's trauma from the loss of his sister when he was eight had an effect on how he approaches relationships now. Huh. The major thing that happened on this episode was that Olivia's older brother Connor passes away. And it was very lovely to see everyone rallying for Olivia. Austin lost his sister and obviously can relate to Olivia. He brought her A basket of like comfort food, Shep offered his house to Olivia's family, JT postpones his launch party, Craig made gluten free lasagna. Everyone really seemed to come through. The Next episode looks rough for Taylor though. Madison comes at her saying she's portraying one thing but then sending nudes to Whitney and Vanita's like Taylor's a bible thumper and then she sends nudes to Whitney. Can't you love Jesus and also send nudes? Are the two mutually exclusive? I don't know. We will find out. So Halloween is this weekend. And I finally live in like a proper neighborhood. But I just didn't have it in me to decorate. I feel like I just got to Miami. And don't get me wrong. I bought a few things. I got like a matte gold skull with a crown on it. Duh. And then I got this like chrome skeleton sitting down looking like is about to tell a secret. Or a giggle, I can't tell. A little giggle. Wait, I have to say something. There needs to be a setting to opt out of the movie trailer for the new Exorcist movie. I don't know if y'all have seen this trailer, but honestly, I'm traumatized enough as it is from the fucking trailer. And I would like to opt out of this trailer so that I can sleep at night. I'm very much not a fan of this. I actually saw The Exorcist way too young as a kid and had really bad nightmares. I'm good now, but, like, I don't need to see an even more intense version of The Exorcist. And I would really like to unsubscribe from the commercial. I'm good. I'm not seeing it. But I definitely want to see the new Hunger Games movie, which shows President Snow growing up. Viola Davis is in it. Fucking amazing. Stanley Tucci is in it. Stanley Tucci is like a fucking goat the amount of grade a entertainment involving stanley tucci is unparalleled devil wears prada hunger games easy a the lovely bones fucking burlesque with share the whitney houston movie made in manhattan the fucking pelican brief the range is goat status so because of my current situation i have given myself permission to sit out of halloween I am going to try and hand out candy though but my front porch light doesn't work and I have no decorations so I don't know if anyone will approach the dark undecorated house for Halloween. Cut to me sitting on a couch watching housewives eating all the Halloween candy I bought because I had no trick-or-treaters. Oh well. I've also given myself permission to sit out of Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and New Year's. I may go to see Kelly Clarkson in Vegas for New Year's Eve, but that's an acceptable exception. I just can't do it this year, y'all, and I don't fucking want to. For a very long time, I have been hosting all holidays, and that's obviously not going to be the case this year. Now, Mia Madison will definitely still celebrate on our own, but she wants to go home to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and to New Orleans during the holidays, and I'm honestly fine with it, but I don't want to go. I have all these fun, creative ideas that I want to work on and I need to do that in like solitude. And my environment has to be just so in order for me to get in the fucking zone. I could not even bring myself to try and put together multiple outfits for the holidays. Doing full hair and makeup for the holiday events? No thank you. I'm sitting this year out and I'm happy about it. (sighs) So I was ghosted by my first potential friend. So it was my real estate agent, but she's been great the whole fucking time. I was very candid about my situation, you know, divorce, moving, healing, journey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. She said that she went through a similar experience and really understood she was so fucking nice to me. She even told me she wanted to pick me up from the airport to make sure I got to my house okay. She ended up not getting me from the airport, which I understand, and honestly, I insisted because I landed late at night, and I didn't want her to have to be up on, that late on a Sunday night. But I wanted to take her to lunch or drinks to thank her for finding me this house, As she suggested that we have coffee, which is fine, but the day I was supposed to meet her was also podcast day, and I was having Wi-Fi technical difficulties so this podcast is really important to me and my six fabulous listeners are really all I have right now and I gotta fucking deliver so I asked to reschedule for Monday well Monday came around and my real estate agent had her son so she had to back out totally fine well I haven't heard shit since and that was like two weeks ago and I was kind of sad not that I need a friend, but I was looking forward to meeting her in person since we since we did everything virtually. And I'm not going to lie, it would be nice to have one person here that I know who went through something similar. Other than my daughter, but she's like in college. She's like studying and shit. She's going out on research boats and snorkeling with her marine science class. She's busy. I can't be bothering her with my neediness. Damn, I'm disappointed for sure And it makes me feel like I did something to scare her off. I feel like Paul Rudd's character in I Love You Man when he said, I gotta get some fucking friends. But honestly, I really don't. I only need to be really good to myself, which is something I've never done in my entire life. So, instead of telling myself, you must have done something to make her not want to hang out, you probably gave off a weird needy vibe, you're a fucking loser, I say... She might have a lot going on. Maybe she doesn't have the energy to make new friends. You've been there. She might be going through something. I have literally no idea which is true, so I'm going to choose to speak kindly to myself. This is a change that I only implemented a few months ago, and it has really, really helped with my anxiety. And it's my rich bitch tip of the week. No more negative self talk. I'ma say it again. No more negative self talk. It's the fucking worst. It's hurting you bad. Trust me. This divorce experience has shown me really how strong my friendships are. As soon as I told people that I was splitting up with my ex, I was offered like at least five different places to stay. I was even told that I could bring my cat and my dog. Like that is real fucking friendship right there. You're going through something major? Let me take you in. And your nasty pets. I would be open to living in a commune with my friends though. We could take turns watching kids, take turns cooking, all pitch in to clean. Like I think it would be really fucking fun. And then we could get a really nice big house. Like why has there been this narrative that women don't like each other and compete with each other? I have not had that experience in my career and in my life. The first time that I heard this odd propaganda narrative that was probably started by a man so that women would fight with each other instead of banding together and taking over the fucking world, <laughs> um, yeah. So the first time I heard this little weird nugget of information was at a trial advocacy competition when I was in law school. I was on a national team for Loyola Law School in New Orleans. Shout out Wolfpack. We worked for months on our closing arguments and cross-examinations, put in so much time and effort, and really did a fucking kick-ass job. And I remember my teammate, Rick, he was dressed really well, and I was also dressed really well for the competition. So we, were, so we did our whole trial thing. It takes like four hours, honestly. We did this whole trial, and we're waiting on these old men, only men, to give us their evaluations of our arguments. And the first critique... And I think the only critique we got was about how we were dressed. They were like, oh, you, oh, yeah, you know, people think attorneys are all slick and stuff, but you can't dress this way because women, when you have women on the jury, the women jurors are going to compete with you. Women compete with women. Men don't compete with men. I wanted to be like, well, you're all dudes on this fake jury, so what do you think about the arguments we've been putting together for months? What do you think about that, sir? But I didn't say anything. I'll tell you what, if my ass was on their jury and I saw how shitty they were dressed and how ill-fitting their clothes were, evidenced by the fact that they couldn't button their jackets like at all, I would be inclined to not like them. And if I was on a jury... And saw an attorney who dressed like me. Oh, I'm voting for that bitch. Cariño, te ves bien. That means, honey, you look good. So I'm working on my Spanish. Yo soy una mujer. Oh, that was like a little Jewy look. So far, Siri has been saving my ass on translating English to Spanish so I can communicate. Most of my Uber drivers do not speak English. When I returned from my journey in New Orleans, Uber, for some reason, does not give the correct directions to my house. And it takes the driver to the back of my house. But I can't get into the back of my house. Does anyone know if you can contact Uber to let them know that the directions are incorrect? Las direcciones son incorrectas. Gracias for listening to the episode 8 of The Rich Room. Don't forget to hit me up with your questions, comments, and critiques at 504-224-9919. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can. Follow me. Subscribe. Whatever the fuck you can do. See you next week.